630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Zach Smith scoring eight seconds into the third period for the Ottawa Senators. They are struggling, but looking good tonight. Up 3-1 on the Rangers. 16 minutes left. Stars lead the Islanders 5-1. That's in the third. And early second period, no score. Bruins and Red Wings, Predators and Canucks later. Nashville at the Oilers tomorrow. 5.30 face-off show here on 6.30. Chad, the game will start at 7. Furnace Family Oilers Hockey. Edmonton's Furnace replacement experts call 7804-FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. Don't forget to go to 630Ched.com to get the latest on the Oilers and the Eskimos. And I got my story up there, what I was talking about earlier, about the Oilers closing in on 10,000 franchise goals and a quirky little thing that could happen if it happens to be a shootout goal that gets them to 10,000. My name is Reed Wilkins. The only problem with our next guest is that I don't have him on the show nearly enough. It's David Nedowin. David, how are you doing? I'm good, Reed. How are you? I'm doing great. It's awesome to catch up with you. I know when we talked about a year ago, uh, I think you were in between... Uh, practices coaching curling is that where I get you tonight or what's going on (laughs) you know what it actually is Uh, I'm down at the short park curling club again with my daughter and they've got their junior program we're doing some coaching as she's heading to the uh, Alberta winter games uh, coming up in February oh awesome so she's obviously doing great Uh, how, how did you and your wife who are both outstanding curlers how did you approach your kids maybe wanting to curl or feeling like okay, like we're into curling, but we don't want to feel like we're forcing them into it. Like I know sometimes parents struggle with that. What was it like for you guys? Well, um, we've, we've actually never um, kind of pushed either either of our daughters. My younger one is, is Alyssa, and she's, uh, she's 12. She's the one that's going to the Alberta Winter Games in curling. Uh, my older one is, is Hallie. She's uh, 15, um, and she plays uh, ringette at a very high level. She's also going to Alberta Winter Games uh, for that, and she plays lacrosse at a very high level. Um, so we never pushed them into, into any sports. They kind of decided what they wanted to do. Uh, both of them were playing uh, ringette, um, you know, pretty pretty high level for you know as you can for a ten year old. And Alyssa had two really bad concussions uh, to the point where she was, um, you know, out of doing anything for six months each time. And so that was the end of the physical sports. Uh, but she's very competitive by nature, and she said, you know, I really want to curl. And um, I, I don't know where she got it from, but she's naturally uh, very good at it. <laughs> and so, you know, it, and, and I say that jokingly, but she really is. Like, um, she's 12 years old and uh, qualified for the games against, you know, 15-year-olds and, and had a good run. So they're both, you know what, they're both just naturally competitive. Uh, we, we encourage them to do lots of sports. I mean, that's one of the biggest things that, uh, you know, I think is really important is not to... Uh, specifically hone in on one sport in particular and just be a single sport athlete, especially at 11, 12, 15 years old. I mean, they need to do lots of things, and they are. Um, and I think that's, uh, you know, making them just better athletes overall for, for that. Well, and I think that's great. And a lot of my friends are like that too, David. Like if we play uh, NHL 18 on PlayStation on Monday, then we'll make sure to play basketball on Tuesday. Yeah. You know, then the, the baseball game on Wednesday night. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, it's, it's funny, though, but I know there's a lot of hockey coaches and soccer coaches that are out there listening right now. They're telling their kids that, hey, you, you commit entirely to this or you're not on this team and, and uh, you know, I'm going to ruffle some feathers. But that's that's just not the best thing for the development of the kids as athletes. It's just not. Um, well, but uh, and studies prove that. I mean, that's not, not anything new. Well, I'm, gl- I'm glad you brought that up because that is something we, we discuss on this show sometimes with coaches and, and, and parents about – you know, do you need your kid doing one sport 11 months of the year and never, you know, learning about anything else or being athletic in a different way or, you know, because there's different movements and different skills involved in each sport, right? So that, that's interesting. Yeah. That's your approach. Hey, uh, before we get to some Coliseum memories, uh, the old barn, uh, one final weekend coming up, what did you think of that final stone by Cooey at the uh, curling trials? Had Mark Kennedy oh, on the show uh, talking about him jumping out to uh, to get be the third sweeper on that one. That was a tense one. It, it was. I mean, that was an amazing game. That was a female game, too, with, with Holman winning and, and a great game against Kerry. Uh, Kevin Cooey winning. I mean, both those games were just sitting on the edge of your seat. The, the whole week really was. But um, it's funny because Mark knows as well as, as I do and, and kind of any of the higher-level curlers that that third sweeper does absolutely nothing. <laughs> he was out there only because he felt so helpless standing there. He had to do something. He did absolutely nothing except for probably crowd the other two sweepers. <laughs> but you know what? It's like so hard. You're standing there watching and you know it's probably, you know, going to be within uh, a few inches as to whether they're going to the Olympics or not and he has no other thing he can do but to go out there and help right and so he did it, it, but it, it's really funny I was watching that going that was the first time I've ever seen that from Mark. <laughs> well yeah I, mean, I, don't, I don't watch nearly as much as, as you do and I, I told the story I mean it was during the Oilers game on Sunday and then Rob and I uh, were flipping during some of the commercials and then we got to see the last uh, the last few stones while while we were on air and, and when he let I mean it's hard to judge on TV but I was like man is that is that gonna make it is, is that is that gonna make yeah, it well but, I'll tell you like so we we watched that game um, the middle of the ice starts to wear down a little bit the, the pebble breaks down and it gets a little bit flat right so the rocks don't travel quite as far and so the one saving thing for for Cooey's team on that shot was because there was uh, a McEwen stone in the middle, they had to move the broom a little bit wider out. So they were sliding down a little fresher path and it never got into that heavy flatter stuff. So they were able to carry it there. Um, and I, I bet you uh, Ben and Brent added, you know, five or six feet onto that stone to get it there. And But, that, but that's exactly the way that you have to do it, right? I mean, the worst thing you could do is throw it heavy and watch. Um, like Kevin threw it and, and he was confident those guys could get it there. They, they did, I mean two best sweepers in the world and and he knew it so he used them david nedowin joining us we also wanted to have you on for some memories of uh, northlands coliseum or rexall place as it was known obviously when you curled in a couple of uh big events there the 05 briar and then the roar of the rings the curling trials in in 2009 i mean first of all david I, i'm sure you you'd been in there likely as as a hockey fan several times when, when, i mean when you walked out there and you're like oh my god they've totally transformed it into a, a curling facility for a week was that was that a bit of an awe moment for you well, it is uh, for sure. You you look around and you realize how big that building is, and that it's going to be you know for the Briar. We we set the record as, as Edmonton fans um, in 2005, and it hasn't been broken since. Um, there was over I think 300,000 people that came through the doors, which is really incredible. But I'll, I'll actually tell you more than stepping out there and seeing the curling ice that amazes me is after that event is over and going and watching a hockey game and looking down and going, wow, that's exactly where we played, and we threw that last stone to win the Briar, and that's 
the part that I think, you know, I was in awe of afterwards was sitting there as a fan and enjoying a hockey game and remembering that this is where we played. And that's, that's kind of hard to, uh, to believe, you know, when you're looking down there, because when you're playing, you sort of try and block all that out and you just focus on, on what you're doing. Um, but when you're sitting there as a fan, you realize the awesomeness of having, you know, that many people in the stands and, and cheering for one team. Like, it's just fantastic. Well, did you like playing at home, so to speak, in, in, the, in events of that magnitude, or was it, could it be distracting? No, I, I liked it. Um, but that being said, I mean, we had, uh, you know, the Briar in particular, we obviously won and we had a really good run. Uh, the Olympic trials wasn't as good for us. Um, I think we started out with, with four wins and then we, we uh, ended up missing uh, the semifinals by a game. So it wasn't as great for us. But um, I really enjoyed uh, the home crowd. Uh, you can certainly feed off of it. Uh, when they're cheering you on, that, that's actually when I played my best was in front of bigger crowds, and you know you really feel um, almost relaxed and at ease. Like you, you, you know, sometimes when you're in a curling club and there's no one watching, maybe you have a tendency to to show your emotions a little bit more, to to get frustrated a little bit more. And for me, when I was in front of a big crowd, it was a lot easier. Uh, that that didn't tend to happen. Um, but you know, Randy played. Uh, I'm going to say in oh jeez, this is going back ways. Randy Furby played in the Briar in Edmonton in 87 i want to say and they had a really poor record with with pat ryan and uh, he said it was a really tough briar like they didn't start out well and uh the crowd uh started to get on them a little bit about you know they want to see some wins and all that did is spiral them into a little bit of a rabbit hole of, of continuing to put too much pressure on themselves so he's you know he talks about when we went into that briar he talked about how it can be great if you're winning but it can be hard if you're not winning and so uh, you know, he definitely saw both sides of that. I mean, the fans want to see you win. You're the hometown uh, team. Um, but, you know, my experience was nothing but, uh, uh, you know, amazing playing in, in that uh, briar. And even for myself personally, I you know, I got to play in Winnipeg where I grew up in the world, uh, you know, as, as well in 2003. And that was that same type of feeling of having that crowd behind you. It really does just uh, give you that extra little bit of confidence. I just quickly looked up the 87 Briar. Yeah, Pat Ryan for Alberta went 6-5, and five, finished 4th, but was two games out of the semifinals. And, right. <clears throat> pardon me, there were actually four teams finishing 6-5, and five, so kind of a 4th through 7th place, place finish, I guess, if you, if you look at it that way. David, it's always great to have you on the show. We, we can't go this long between appearances next time because I always love chatting with you, but I know you got to get back to the, to the practice <laughs> ice, so we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for the memories, yeah, man. Anytime. Thanks, Reed. That's David Nedowin checking in. Four, uh, five-time Briar champion, four-time world champion, and uh, reflecting on a couple big events he played at Northlands Coliseum. Final hockey game there on Friday, Spruce Grove Saints and the Okotoks Oilers. Inside Sports on 630 Ched. We're coming right back with an update on that combat sports ban. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Ched. We introduced you to Sonny Serene last week. He's the president and founder of Unified MMA, and they were supposed to have an event on Friday. But of course, last week, the story broke out of City Hall that there was a ban on combat sports events uh, that no new licenses would be issued starting from December 9th, so last week, until December 31st next year. So that threw uh, Sonny Serene's event into question, and uh, we obviously had him on the show last week where he was uh, frustrated about what was going on, but hoping that maybe something could be worked out. But unfortunately... 
Yeah, it looks like it hasn't been. And to get an update on that, we're going to bring Sonny back onto the show. Sonny, I really appreciate you making time for me. You're on with Reed. Um, can can you tell me tell me the latest here? Is there any hope for Friday's event, or 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 is it finished here? Ah, uh, Sorry, Sonny, you you cut out there for that entire answer. Is there any hope for Friday, or is it or is it done? Oh, sorry. Yeah, regretfully, it's actually closed. Yeah, today was the final day. Uh, it is canceled for Friday. Okay. Well, I know that for you, that's that's not a great scenario. Was there anything happening behind the scenes between the last time we talked to you and today, where you were trying to find some hope to keep it alive? Well, absolutely. Like, what was I supposed to do? Like, my first option was to go to city council. So I emailed all city council. I emailed the mayor. I tried to talk to media and I'm explaining our situation like, hey, we've been working with the city on this event. Like, they've been notified for 10 months. We've been working with them for three months. Here's all the, I, I, I sent all the paperwork and it's clearly showcasing that our medicals are in, majority of the papers are in, and like, we we're just blindsided on Friday. Like, everything was in up and that was required up until that date. And then on Friday, we're notified um, uh, that the ban comes in on Saturday. We're like, hey, we have minimal requirements in paper. Why can't we? Why can't we do that? And uh, well, I knew there was a, there was a, my biggest shot was the fact that we weren't given the opportunity to bring in the, the minimal paperwork that was left that we basically had to the commission, but they shut us down that day at noon and at two o'clock via email. Did, did anybody from council or the mayor get back to you? Was there any acknowledgement of the of the tough situation you were put in? Uh, I emailed majority of the council and the mayor, and I got a reply. Again, from acting current acting uh, executive uh, David Aiken. That was the only person uh, notifying us the things that were out of place, and uh, he did not explain to me though. Once I asked him correctly, how come we did not have the chance to provide those papers on Friday prior to the deadline of the uh, moratorium beginning in place on December 9th? Right. All right. So. Yeah, yeah, so you had to call it off for this Friday. Now, what happens? Can can you take this to another to another city, to an, to another town? Can somehow these athletes that have been training for Unified MMA 33 still fight here? Well, you can do events. People do events, unsanctioned events. We're not going to continue doing an unsanctioned events. So to find a sanctioning body uh, within a short period of time... Um, We've been on the hunt. We've been trying to do that for the last week since we've been notified about it, and now we're unable to secure one. The closest chances we might be able to get a sanctioning body, a traveling sanctioning body, uh, maybe in January or February. Okay, and and just and you and you made a good point. You can people can do unsanctioned events, but that's not how you operate. Because you told us when we talked to you last week, uh, like this is your life, this is your career, this isn't a little side project where you try to pair up people to fight in a in a in a bar room like these this is yours you know extremely organized and you're all above board so you you don't want to go the unsanctioned route obviously well the sanctioning i love the idea of doing sanctioning everybody should love the idea of doing sanctioning events you have governing in place that's watching over the safety of these fighters and at the end of the day that's what we're providing the safety of these fighters their training these are some of the top athletes in the country we want to provide that and with a commission, they're providing proper doctors, proper medical care, proper referees. These are the things that we're looking out for. And I understand the reason the moratorium came into place is because like, I guarantee, I'm, I'm assured that majority of this mayor in the city, they don't understand the sport. And their main issue at this point, in my opinion, was the Tim Hague situation. So they're 
they're worried about the governing body that's under the Edmonton jurisdiction that's, that's governing these assets. And that's where the questions arose. So what's the first thing they do is they, they just had to put a hold to it. Too. And I, in my opinion, maybe they were looking out for the safety of the fighters, which I can understand, absolutely. But to cut it off like that is a little bit difficult, especially for the guys that are, have already been preparing. And, yeah, it's, it's a difficult situation. Well, to cut you off one week uh, beforehand when you were just in the process of getting everything in place, that, that, that's pretty tough for sure. Uh, for, uh, just quickly, Sonny, for people who might have had tickets to Unified MMA 33, uh, what can they do here? Everything will be refer, uh, refunded at point of sale. All of our majority of our tickets are sold online. We've already sent out a newsletter via that way. Uh, their money will be put back into their accounts, and uh, anybody who's purchased directly from Unified can, uh, will get a refund that way. Are you hoping to talk to a counselor or somebody face-to-face? I mean, I, I assume you're going to keep working here because you you want to keep your your organization going and, and other people are going to want to stage sanctioned events. So are you pushing for some continued dialogue here? Absolutely. Like, in my, like what happened today after, the whole, after everything that's been happening this week? So all week I've been trying to contact counselors and there, and I've sent out long lists of everything that was happening, and I wasn't getting in return. So... My first thing was that no one's listening to me, so I had to secure an attorney. So I was able to secure Carmen Condona, who deals with these types of civil matters. And he, in my opinion, after talking to him, he truly cared. So we went into the courthouse today to try to file an injunction. Um, we met in front of the judge. The judge, in my opinion, clearly seen how it was unjust in our, in our favor. Like, we've been working with the commission, providing everything that they require. Why weren't we given Friday to hand in the remaining things? And... He identified the harm, uh, but, you know, as he, if he gave us an injunction, what that basically means is he would have to force the commission to give us a license, and he was in no position to actually do that. So I understand his point, but I, at, at this point, right now, what our main focus is is to try to get some of these fighters. Uh, we just notified them. Uh, fortunately, there was a fight card happening in Grand Prairie this weekend, so one of our co-main events was actually transferred to XFFC in Grand Prairie, so that's Teddy Ash and Jared McComb. Uh, that's fought over there. The rest of the fighters, they might look for other fights. Some of them are just saying they'll, they'll wait till the commission gets back into place. Okay. Sonny, thanks for the update. Uh, let's keep in touch on this, and uh, let's have you on down the road, too, when uh, hopefully there are some positive developments. I really appreciate your time. Thanks very much. We'll talk to you soon. That is Sonny Serene checking in, president and founder of Unified MMA, and uh, he gave you the details. He was pushing hard to try to get his event on Friday. To go ahead, he had uh, pretty much everything in place. Licensing often happens, you know, in the final few days or the final week before the event, and uh, the city didn't let him get his paperwork in. And as a result, he's had to cancel Unified MMA 33. Inside Sports on Chet. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chat. Oh, a little Vincent Fournier coming back for break. Hey, Kellen? One of the best. Not bad. Not bad. Ottawa Senators get a much-needed victory. 3-2 over the New York Rangers. Dallas taking it to the New York Islanders tonight. 5-2 the final. Six minutes left in the second period. Red Wings up 1-0 on Boston. And the Predators and the Canucks start in about half an hour. Western Hockey League, Oil Kings trail the Calgary Hitmen 1-0 late in the first period. Oilers home to Nashville tomorrow. Cam Talbot 
will not dress. Adam Larson remains out as well. The game will be on 6.30, Ched, with the face-off show at 5.30. And the puck drop at 7. Of course, 6.30, Ched, the play-by-play voice of the Oilers and the Edmonton Eskimos. And Morley Scott has called several successful kicks over the last three seasons made by this man, Sean White. Sean, welcome back to Inside Sports. You're on with Reed. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm doing very well. First of all, congratulations on the uh, new contract with the Eskimos. But before before we got into that, one of the the, the great pieces of trivia about you, Sean, is uh, that you're a huge curling fan. So, <laughs> did you were you uh, mesmerized by the Olympic trials last week? Yeah, that was fun to watch. It's uh, it's definitely different, but uh, it was great. It was entertaining for a week. I, I wish it was still on. Did you go out to Ottawa to watch, or were you watching on TV? No, no, I was. Uh, I was actually driving back home to BC that day, so I actually had it on my on my phone on uh, TSN Go on my phone all the way back. So it was a good time waster for me. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible. This is the question I've been asking everybody. What did you think of the final rock by Cooey? It was pretty tense. Oh man, yeah, it's it's like trying to make a thirty-two yard after to win the game and it's something that looks easy but uh it's not when you look down the other end of the ice it's, uh, it looks like a football field like man i don't know how those guys can shoot it like they do and uh it's fun to watch when you when you curl and you uh and you respect the game like like i do it's not an easy sport but they make it look very easy so it's fun to watch where where did this love of curling come from for you sean because i don't know a lot of football players who might identify curling as their favorite spec this sport to watch well, I'm not just a football player. You know, I'm an athlete, you know. So, <laughs> but, um, you know, I really growing up. My parents always played it and all that, and I, uh, it bored me. But uh, I was actually I went on practice roster with the BC Lions, my uh, curling club near my house. Uh, that's where my parents curled, and I needed a job for after practice. And they uh, they were comforting to my to my hours that I needed to to work. So. I just started working at the ice rink, and I had an awesome boss, and I learned a lot about the curling game. And I would go and get the ice done, and I had about two or three hours before the next draw came out. So I would just go and start throwing rocks. And I actually taught, I taught myself just by watching other players like on TV, and uh, and I just kind of caught on. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm coordinated enough and got good talent, so it, it came natural to me. Awesome stuff. Eskimos kicker Sean White joining us on Inside Sports, and we can call him Eskimos kicker for the next three years. It was announced last week you've uh, signed an extension through the 2020 season. Sean, tell us uh, tell us a little bit about this, uh, the process and the decision, because the opportunity to be a free agent can be an, an exciting one for uh, for a pro athlete, uh, but you decided not to wait too long here to uh, stay with the Eskimos. How come? No, uh, well, me it's a no-brainer um since uh, i got released in montreal and i got picked up by edmonton i feel like i've been playing my best football and uh just i love the city of edmonton it's more my style i'm a, a low-key blue-collar guy and that's, i fit in really well the, the people of edmonton have welcomed me in with, with open arms and uh and just the coaching staff uh, Corey and dave uh my special teams coach have been just phenomenal with me there's just no stress i'm allowed to go play freely coach moss uh i know he trusts me as I've never been able to even attempt anything over 50 yards before. It's just because coaches are scared to do it. Where Moss, he looks at me, gives me the thumbs up. If I give him the thumbs up, I'm going to kick it. So if I can make it from 60, he'll let me go kick it. So I'm just having a lot of fun here. Um, Brock, through the whole process, even with me getting hurt, I was, I was a little worried about uh, 
you know, when you're in, when you're hurt, you can't help but worry about your your job and your future with this team. But Brock was always awesome with me and just said, I want you to know, like, as long as I'm here, I want you to be my kicker. And for me, that was just uh, really refreshing to hear. And he's a guy that I can talk to. Uh, and again, a, a no-brainer situation for me. So uh, I I pretty much said, you know, just I don't want to raise just. Pay me what I'm getting paid, and for the next three years, I'm totally happy where I am at. And, uh, I love Edmonton, and I'm I'm just here for the holidays, but I'm moving to Edmonton to stay there. Oh, awesome. Well, fans love to hear that, and so many Eskimos, uh, you know, going back to the 70s and 80s, wound up staying in Edmonton from all parts of Canada and and even the United States. You said you consider yourself a low-key, blue-collar guy, so that's how you describe Edmonton to your friends? Well, it's not everybody, but I feel like people are just they are. It's it's more laid-back feel rather than, you know, that type of people here in Vancouver. So (laughs) that's just really my style. It's not to... You know, bash anybody, but I just love being in Edmonton. I feel very comfortable there, and, and that's why. Sean, I got to ask you a couple of things about uh, about the season because I haven't talked to you since. You guys had that tough loss, obviously, in the West Final, and uh, you had a couple kicks that were right down the middle until about the last seven yards. Yeah. Tell us what the wind was like that day oh. and how you tried to contend with it. Uh, it was crazy when I was warm up. There wasn't even a little breeze at all and then when the dressing room came out and it was it was bad it, it's not i don't mind a stiff wind but when it's uh when it's consistent but when it's dusting and you don't know which direction it's going in that's when things get a little little hairy so uh the once i think it was a 41 or 42 yarder uh at the time the wind was at my back so i said okay aim down the middle and just pull through and i right when i hit it off my foot i i usually don't even have to look up i know when it's in and i thought it was in I went to high-five Danny, my holder, and he kind of said, oh, crap, and we looked up, and the ball, I've never seen a ball move hard left like that. Even the returner didn't even catch it because it, it moved so fast. And then it was just a short one after that. Uh, the flags on the post were going hard right, like just completely sideways. So I said, okay, go left middle and drive it. should be good. Uh, and I hit it right where I wanted to, and it, it for some reason went left. But in gusty days like that, that's when things are things are tough as a kicker. And and Neil went out to punt and I said what way is the wind going he goes honestly it's hit me on all, every single direction right now I have no idea so it was a tough day but at the end of the day I'm a pro and I gotta be able to make those kicks so I missed that's, uh, that's what I got to live with till next season. Yeah, well, uh, the tough conditions, obviously, and it was it was shocking. Like I was watching, and they have the camera right behind you, right? Mm-hmm. So you you totally got a sense of, uh, of 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 how much it moved. Did did you watch the Grey Cup, or did you did you tune out once you were eliminated? Yeah, it's tough for me to watch after that because uh, again, I know it's the the elements that are affecting my kicks, but I, I take that personally. And, uh, I'm, I'm too competitive to just let that slide. So I, I only watch bits and pieces of the Great Cup, but I just, to me, it one hurts a lot. And I felt like in that Calgary game, just everything that could have gone wrong for us went wrong. It wasn't just one part of football or, you know, offense, defense, special teams, just everything. There was always a little mistake here and there for the whole team that cost uh, that game. And it's nobody's fault. It's everybody. And, but that's just the way sports is. And that's professional football. Yeah. Well, you got the MOP on the team, and uh, hopefully a lot of guys are back, and the coaching staff is back, and you guys uh, can keep building because overall, a pretty good year. You had that. You had a couple amazing winning streaks, uh, the losing streak in, in the middle, but uh, and obviously the Grey Cup is here next year, so that's pretty exciting. Sean, again, congratulations on the new contract. It's always great to have you on the show, and all the best, man. 
Thank you. See you soon. That is Sean White, Eskimos kicker, checking in tonight. So the new deal for three years, so for 18, 19, and 20. And uh, don't forget, C.J. Gable signed at running back for the 18 and 19 seasons. And you can listen to his interview with Dave Campbell on the Eskimos page on 630Ched.com. That's pretty uh, encouraging stuff that those athletes want to stay here. And you heard Sean White loves Edmonton. Says, uh, we're not uptight like everybody in Vancouver. (laughs) That's cool stuff. Some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken. Book the rumpus room for up to 12 of your closest friends and dig in for a family-style chicken picnic at Northern Chicken. Get them online, northchickenyeg.com, 124th Street, 107th Avenue. That is a great spot with great chicken. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. Well, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Quick update on the NHL scoreboard. 1-0 Detroit leading Boston after two. Predators and Canucks start at the top of the hour. Stars beat the Islanders 5-2. Senators take down the Rangers 3-2 Western Hockey League in Calgary after the first Hitman 1 Oil Kings nothing. Well, you may have recognized that music coming back from break and if you've ever listened to uh, Inside Sports before and I do appreciate the uh, 14 of you who uh, do try to tune in each and every night, you know that the number one topic on the show is obviously uh, sports. It's called Inside Sports. So I kind of respect that uh, most of the time. Probably the number uh, two most common topic is uh, 80s rock with a uh, heavy bend towards Def Leppard music. And definitely the number three topic on the show is Star Wars. And Star Wars The Last Jedi starts Friday in theaters near you, as they say in the commercials. And I'm pleased to welcome to the show Kevin Martin, owner of one of the last video stores in the world, The Lobby on White Ave. Kevin, how's it going? Oh, Reed, I am fired up, baby. It is that magical time of the year. The good things are rolling. Disney just bought Fox Studios. The Oilers are on a one-game winning streak again. And tomorrow, Star Wars, The Last Jedi opens up. Well, yeah, I guess tomorrow night uh, people can go see it. Before we get into that, Kevin, uh, the lobby. Now, are you the last video rental store in, like, in Edmonton, in Canada? In, in <sighs> Like, what's your status here? My status is in the city, yes, as long as we're not including, you know, those more uh, racier video stores for the adult crowd. But yes, I am the last official video store in this fine city, but there's actually quite a lot of us throughout the whole country. We all, you know, we we join the struggle together. I'm not alone, but in Edmonton, I'm definitely alone. All right. Last guy left. Yeah, give, uh, give, plug your address here if people want to find you. Ah, you're too kind. I'm on White Ave, 10815 82nd Avenue, located right below with daycare center, of all things. So, yeah, the magic lives. The kids uh, are upstairs. The, the best juxtaposition in Edmonton, a daycare at ground level and underneath a alternative video story uh, specializing in horror. But that's 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 awesome. Uh, all right. <laughs> so the, the Last Jedi, uh, first of all, the, following up the Force Awakens, like, I'm a very big Force Awakens fan, Kevin. Uh, I realize that, yes, there are some uh, borrowed elements from uh, the original Star Wars film. I didn't care. I just wanted a fun, entertaining Star Wars film that would wash away the prequel trilogy. Where do you come down on The Force Awakens? 
And that's exactly how I feel. A lot of my friends were negative about the Force Awakens. I'm like, this is why we can't have nice things, guys. Yeah, I'm a, you're very generous, Reed. i got to be honest. It felt a little bit too much like A New Hope, but I 100% back you up. When you've eaten a bad meal like the prequel movies that basically ruined our childhoods to a certain degree, we needed to be coddled back in to, to look for Disney to let us know, like, hey, guys, we're on your side. We want you to remember the movies you love. And they did a great job of it. But on that note, if this new movie that we're about to see this week, if it's too much like Empire Strikes Back, then I might have issues. I think you might have issues with that, too. Well, it, it sounds like that th- they are following maybe a bit of a, a, a template. Certainly, we expect a, a parentage reveal in this one and maybe a bit of a darker tone to it. Is, is that what you're... And I'm trying to avoid a lot of spoilers, but I kind of have that expectations and that feel from the trailers. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. Like yourself, I've avoided as much as I possibly could. The reviews dropped yesterday, but I, I, I'm ignoring the internet like the plague. Um, I'm going to go with Mark Hamill's wisdom words where he's like, listen, guys, if you go see Star Wars this week, please do not ruin the last 10 minutes for your buds that can't see it. So I'm definitely thinking this Empire Strikes Back revelation that's going to be hit upon us at the end of the movie. It is also the longest Star Wars movie ever made at two hours and 33 minutes. So a lot can happen. Yeah, it, 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 it is a long one. And I have seen some some writing that perhaps it it drags a little bit in the middle but so, but sometimes that happens i've seen a lot of movies uh, a lot of movies yeah. that do that For, out, out of the new set of, of characters that were introduced in the force awakens kevin uh do you have a favorite or one where you think yeah that's that's a that's a character that really embodies the star wars universe you know what i gotta go with kylo ren i know it's against the grain a lot of people thought he was a little bit too emo-ish i suppose but you know, Reed, we have talked nerd talk off the air in certain other locations, and I, I don't want to say what my theories are, because if I'm right, I feel like I just spoiled the whole thing. But I got a feeling this is not going to have the typical Kylo's the bad guy, Ray is the good person. I, I, I'm hoping not. I'm expecting a twist, and I think it'll explain Kylo's mixed emotions that a lot of people didn't really jive to in The Force Awakens. That's just me, though. Yeah, I, I actually really like Kylo, too. I love the mask. I love the voice. I, I loved mm-hmm. how they had a dark character tempted by the light as opposed to the opposite that we saw in uh, in every other movie. So, yeah, I was pretty on board with uh, with his character as well. And we should... T- I know a lot of people... Um, you know, watch movies uh, casually or for entertainment and don't care so much about who the director was unless it's like a huge name like Spielberg. But we're yeah. kind of nerdy. We like to know who directed the films. And I think we should explain that there's a Bruce Willis film that a lot of people probably watched that, that this director, Ryan Johnson, made. Absolutely. The movie you're talking about, of course, is Looper. And, uh, you know, Ryan Johnson, is when, when I found out he was attached, I was very excited. Um, he seems like the guy that will be a little bit more daring and take more chances than J.J. Uh, Abrams, even though I'm, a, I'm an Abrams fan. And uh, obviously Disney has a lot of faith in this guy because I'm sure you are well aware, Reed, that in the next trilogy, episode 10, 11, and 12, they've given him complete control of where he's going to take the Star Wars universe. So, Are they actually calling those 10, 11, and 12, or is it a side? They are, believe oh, it or not. Wow. I thought it was going to be a side trilogy. Well, see, here's where things get confusing, and especially with this week's announcement of Disney actually buying Fox, because things are getting crazy. And I know a lot of the movie nerds out there are excited about this this purchase because of the Marvel Universe, 
But what a lot of people should be really excited about, especially if you're a Star Wars fanboy, a Star Wars fanboy of the original George Lucas cuts of the original movies that we've never been able to get on Blu-ray, Fox owned the original cuts of Star Wars, Empire, and Jedi. So I'm calling it now. Next Christmas, everybody's favorite Christmas present, we're finally going to get the original cuts of the original trilogy for Blu-ray for the first time ever. So, yeah. It is uh, apparently a continuation, just no Skywalker's involved at all. It's a big galaxy read. Ryan Johnson, I think he's got some ideas. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's he's a pretty creative fellow. All right, so the last Jedi, I get, I, I said it starts Friday. You can obviously go, I guess, late tomorrow. Are you going tomorrow, Kevin? Uh, I got to be honest, Reed. I got my tickets for seven fifteen. Me and the whole crew from the bar I work at, we are on our way. And the best way I hope the day goes is I'm blown away by the movie. I step out of the movie. I put it on your post game show after the Nashville game, and let's hope the Oilers have two wins in a row that don't involve overtime. For the love of God, it's a West Coast, it's a Western <laughs> Conference team. We need to swim big time. Yeah, that, absolutely. Well, I, I hope that's your formula as well. I, I probably won't be able to go to see it until Saturday or Sunday, but I will definitely go this weekend. Hey, Reed, if I call into your show tomorrow, I promise not to give you any spoilers. No, you can't. Or... You can't do that, Kevin. You, I want you to text me your theory, though, because I am curious to see what your theory is, okay? Absolutely, brother. Not a problem at all. <laughs> Kevin, thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me, buddy, and enjoy the movie when you get a chance to see it. That is Kevin Martin, not the curler. We've had both Kevin Martins on the show in the past. Uh, Kevin Martin, the curler, and that's Kevin Martin, owner of The Lobby, 108th Street, White Ave, uh, as he put it, the last video store in Edmonton that doesn't rent out naughty movies, uh, I believe was uh, how he described it. Wow, we yeah, there's my little chance to nerd out everybody. Hopefully at least a few of you were like, oh, yeah, I like talking about Star Wars. At least a few of you, I hope. It's not just me and Kevin left, is it? Kellen, you're kind of excited. Yeah. When are you going to go see it? Well, I, I, I just, well, you were talking to Kevin. Yeah. Uh, probably either Saturday or Sunday. Okay. I think. Obviously, yeah. Oilers game uh, tomorrow. Yeah. I don't think Friday's going to work. But I'm uh, strong-willed. I'm probably going to go early in the new year to go see it. Yeah, I've heard a few people that have already bought tickets for, like, Boxing Day or, I don't know if you, could you already buy for New Year's Eve or New Year's Day? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can. I couldn't wait that long with a movie like this. Hmm. It's it's actually pretty easy when you're busy. That's the thing. It's like, you know, if you're busy, it's well, not in front of Martin. Well, I'm right? fairly busy, but I'll make, like, I'll, I'll, I'll put off friends and family to go see Star Wars. <laughs> see, that's, 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 you're like, I'm like into Star Wars, but you are like into Star Wars. First that's like movie next I level. I saw in the theater when I was four years old. There we go. And like how about, it's, it's literally shaped and been with me my entire life. And how about the uh, the the fact that Kevin said that with Disney buying Fox, the original cuts Blu-ray. of the '77 might incredible. end up on Blu-ray. What did you want to say about WWE? Oh yes, that's right. We'll get to this quickly. But the uh, news breaking tonight that the WWE house show here that was announced for February 9th at Rogers Place has been postponed, and that's another after-effect, unfortunately, of this combative sports commission uh, I guess ban or moratorium on uh, events for next year. Reed, it's not it's 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 not a, a good thing for any, especially the WWE local is independent... not a combative sport because no. it's not they're not competing. No, but it's not good for the smaller independent wrestling uh, leagues in around the city well, or the organizations point. because this is a trickle-down effect that's We should try to great. get somebody on. All right. Kellen, thanks for your hard work. You got it, man. That's our studio producer, Kellen Kennedy. Dave Campbell's the producer of the show. Thanks for tuning in tonight.
Tomorrow at 5.30, face-off show, Oilers and Predators. Play-by-play will start at 7. And don't forget, Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. My name is Reed Wilkins. Always appreciate when you tune in. Have a great night. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.